Welcome everyone to Heroes of Gaming, the podcast channel that talks with the people who make the games we love. This week our hero is a wizard of pixel artistry with over 25 years of professional video game art design, working on games like The Sims, Duke Nukem Mobile, Tribes, Star Wars Starfighter. He's a man who created his own studio, Starsoft, whose incredible Kickstarter reached the success goal to launch Savior, an epic Metroidvania 2D free-roaming adventure game. His name is Weston Tracy. Weston, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. That was the the best intro I've ever gotten. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you deserve it, man. It's incredible. I I just, uh, I just, I I can't believe. Beautiful game. Beautiful game. I I had a lot of help. um, We don't have a big team, but um, they definitely uh, worked their asses off to make that trailer and um, make as much of the game as we have so far. So. Wow, I, a, lot I, of, a lot of credit to spread around. I was walking to the to the kitchen with a sandwich, and I just almost dropped my plate. I was in tears when I saw it. It's <laughs> well, incredible. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you raised over sixty thousand dollars on the Kickstarter, and uh, and what was that? What was that journey like from launch to to exceeding your expectation of forty eight? You were trying to get forty eight grand, and and what was that journey like? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a long time from the idea for the game to the Kickstarter. And then we didn't really have, I didn't have too much of an expectation or a clear expectation of what we would end up with at the end of the campaign. Uh, and there it, it was like a lot of stuff that we didn't know that we didn't know. Um, so, you know, we do a lot different if we did it again. Um, oh, like what? What kind of things would you change? Well, we made a two two minute thirty second video, and I think it was too long. It, I mean, I think we could have shaved a year off of our production, our pre campaign production, and wow. cut the trailer down by thirty seconds or forty five seconds. And I think that would have been better all around. I don't know. I think being more prepared for the campaign, having more content to drop during the campaign would have been um, good. It tur- got turned out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you in a position now where you're directing over other pixel artists or are you still the main artist kind of handling everything? Yeah, since the Kickstarter, I've transitioned. We've picked up a couple other artists and I'd say I'm doing half the art now. I mean, I touch everything that comes in, but I'm actually painting about half half the art. And, and we have an incredible concept artist, too, who drives a lot of the content. So a lot of the stuff that that ends up in the game, you know, he had a lot to do with. And then, you know, I'll, I'll start by telling him what I, I think this particular piece needs, and then he'll take it, you know, 60 yards down the field and then i will take the last bit and or we'll we'll throw it back and forth that's incredible that's a great teamwork you've been working on this since fourth grade this concept well i've been trying to get a team together since fourth grade (laughs) (laughs) how (laughs) is it like recess and all that stuff you guys yeah (laughs) yeah and then um i went to a public high school in in eugene that had a software like company inside of it like in the computer lab um you could take a class and during the class you could make a piece of software that you'd actually sell um 
Wow. I don't know if anyone actually did that, but that was the goal. So we formed a team and we were the first group to make a game, which was surprising. Um, and that was a hard lesson in um, how hard teamwork is. Okay. That crashed and burned. But it was that was high school, so there was six years or whatever of, of me trying to get a game together before that. But I didn't know how to program. I was still not a programmer, so that's such an important piece of the puzzle and it's hard to find programmers that are in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So the name of your company, uh, Starsoft, is that what's what inspired that? Um, I am a fan of few uh, syllables. <laughs> <laughs> and I like names that are uh, impossible. Anything to do with Squaresoft? Yeah, anything to do with Squaresoft? <laughs> We're uh, big fans of Squaresoft. No, actually, I don't know that that even came up. Um, Microsoft definitely was a thing that we thought about. Uh, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea of a star. It's like the sort of the source of all life um, and everything all light. Like it's the source of everything kind of. So um, that was a compelling idea. And I, w- I really wanted the the logo for the company to be a sun and not like like a sun icon and not a traditional star icon. So we don't we still don't have a logo though. So <laughs> well, it's got kind of a super feet. super Nintendo-y font, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like a little uh, which I really you know huge huge fans over here mm-hmm. of that. It was really hard not to put the the Nintendo border around the whole thing. <laughs> right. That's what well, we were, when we were trying to do our logo, same thing. It's all the um, experience that you had to build to get to this place. What was one of the biggest hurdles uh, in the first, uh, you know, first kicking off savior? What was that? What was the biggest one? Would you say? Um, I'm kind of a leap before you look something like that. Yeah. Um, Grow wings on the way down type deals. Yeah, something like that. Um, I just come off of a f- maybe failed is too strong a word, but that um, I was in a partnership um, with uh, my business partner Brian, and we tr- tried to we made a game that was wildly unsuccessful. And I was coming off of that. I felt like I'd do it on my own, and I just started making concepts for the for the side scroller that I'd always wanted to make. And he didn't want to make a side scroller, so we ended up doing something that we kind of both didn't want to do. Um, <laughs> and now we're both doing exactly what we want to do, so I think it's much better. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, so I just started making art for it. I got to start creating an image or a concept of what this is going to be, and then I was just somehow confident that I'd be able to find people to help me make it. And luckily, they just show, they showed up. Like an old <laughs> programmer I'd worked with came to me without seeing anything that I'd done. And he was like, Hey, I want to quit my job and make a game with you. So yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of creative endeavors have stories like this where just like a 50 different things had to come together to make it work. And so far we've had all the things we needed happen. Yeah. But Weston, you're like Captain America, man. You're like, <laughs> you're, you're assembled a team and, and they're, you know, 
right now you got Mulier, you know, you're just, you're, you're ready to rock. This is, it's so exciting, man. You know, I know there's, there's a lot of people out there trying to do that. Maybe give some advice to them. You know, what, what's one thing that you wish you knew when you started this process? I mean, the thing that I tell myself every day and what I would scream from the roots, rooftops is don't make a game that's too big for your situation or your means and I we have totally done that. So um yeah, I don't know for a new for a new studio making like a single screen arcade game first just to kick the tires I think um and then work your way up. Um I've wanted to make a, a Metroidvania forever uh, since I played Metroid and Castlevania the first time and I just couldn't not do that and I think a lot of people are in that boat but yeah scale scale your life down as much as possible like when i when brian and i were trying to make our game a success we got a bunch of funding pretty early on and lived like we paid ourselves roughly industry standard salaries and we just burned through our money super fast Mm. and so now i'm living really lean and Mm. almost everyone on the team is is working for rev share or some portion of rep share so living lean and working on something that's reasonably sized i think are the two main things putting the resources into the project as yeah. opposed to into the pocket yeah yeah um wow that's that's great that's great advice that's and that's terrific it's really fun to work with people that have rev share too because and just the idea that they're invested in the project and and everybody's going to if it is if it takes off everybody gets a piece of that pie i'm looking forward to writing huge checks to people like that (laughs) yeah i mean and they all own a piece of it literally uh so they they put their heart into it. it's very very wonderful what what is what would you say is the best resource that's helped you along the way then is is it is it time is it is it ends up being money what what would the best resource be well resources i think the crucial one is people and talent and then money just allows that to happen. Um, like money is the oxygen of a project, and you, you have to have it. So, I mean, kind of every decision we make is based on is this going to help us find the next lily pad of funding? But we have so much more. Like before the Kickstarter, we were just, you know, we had like two months of runway, and and now we have eight or whatever so um <laughs> i know you've been asked about the sound design before on on other interviews but i i uh i'm just blown away i think that a lot of games they miss out on the sound design component you know they they kind of write it off as some sort of secondary or ancillary uh you know component to the visual um and i know you're a pixel artist but my goodness you found you found some incredible people to work on sound that's I mean, it it feels like a movie. Uh, yeah, it's um kind of crazy. Uh, David Hughes is like nuts. I don't know. I, I feel like I've told this story a couple times, but when I I've worked with him before on our our previous project, but um, when I called him this time to see if he was available, he had like just returned from the Oscars because he was nominated for Black Panther, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I just saw Queen at the bar," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're available to work on my rinky dink little pixel art project that's nuts but he's in portland and so he wanted somebody local that he could you know some project that he could work on kind of in the cracks between working on 
just massive blockbuster movies. So. And now with COVID, I mean, he's still working at Skywalker Sound, but he's here all the time. So it's kind of great. Well, the, the, I think it's the art that you that you do. And it just, it's a magnetic uh, a feel that brings all these great people together. I, I feel like some people, though, they look at this and they think, oh, wow, that, that, that wasn't that hard. You know, it's only pixels, you know, like, like, you know, he's not doing full graphics or, you know, lifelike things. What would be a, a myth uh, that you would like to debunk? Like, what's something that you would be like, that's those people that think this or they got it totally wrong. Well, I, that's what I thought. I was like, we should do a pixel art game because that looks super easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we got into it and like, oh, crap, this is actually harder um, mm. because every pixel matters. And it's it's like it's learning. It's really like learning how to do art again. It's kind of like this code. Like, what do these four line or four dots mean to get the, this is going to read as the edge of a rock or um, this is going to read as a flower but you only have four pixels to play with so you got to arrange them right and you try like 50 different combinations to find the best flower and if you've got more pixels to play with you know you can just draw a flower and move on like you don't have to figure out what the best secret pixel code is for flower i know you've mentioned before that you play games similar to what you're working on to get inspiration messenger um i think blasphemy when you're playing these games, are you constantly looking at it like, okay, I'm going to take a screen grab, the way these pixels are set up, I need this, or are you just kind of relaxing at that point? Uh, Chasm is the only game where I've taken the screen grabs. I'm in love with the art of Chasm. Like, I have full renders of Mega Man X 1 through 3, pretty fantastic pixel art, and I have, like, the entire maps in yes files and i just kind of like look at those sometimes <laughs> um i mean you know like super metroid and and other pixel art super metroid yeah, that, but, yeah. yeah. could um, be the, could be the greatest game ever made you know <laughs> it's incredible 100 hours into hollow knight but and i'm constantly in awe of just the artistry in that game but it doesn't really translate i mean they have like 15 layers of parallax which is a lot and i want to steal that idea and they just have like dots of things floating closer to the camera just to give it more depth um and i might like experiment with that usually the games i play the art isn't quite in the same vein as what i'm trying to do so um occasionally i'll run into something that is really cool and i want to borrow but um yeah not not so much i guess uh, the other one that was blew me away was gris or, mm-hmm. yeah um, the art in that is and the the marriage of art and music i was oh, like stunning i was crying through that game i was crazy <laughs> <laughs> the pixel games are starting to become more and more popular is is that your feeling as well yeah i mean i think it's never been easier to make a game so there's just a lot more of them and i think there's there's a lot more pixel art games too because people my age are probably more likely to be able to put a team together and you know we're all obsessed with or a lot of us are have that nostalgia factor i think that's just the natural course of things but it's encouraging to see things like minecraft take off with kids right and it's super blocky and super pixely it seems like it appeals to that 
to younger kids even so. I um, yeah, I, I think it, it's an imagination thing, you know? I think your mind fills in the, the other pixel. Yeah. And I think the fidelity of the image is secondary to the motion. Like if you can get the animation looking good. You see that with Hollow Knight, like the the actual sprites are so simple. Um, but the animation is, is so fun. Have you ever played King Arthur's Gold? No. That is man, minimal pixel usage. Oh yeah. Great game. Yeah, it was like uh, what was it, out of this world? Um, just like single colors and incredible animation. The cinematic moments that are in uh, Savior, I feel like, kind of exist throughout you know, certain video games. Video games like a Castlevania, you know, even like a Symphony of the Night or um, uh, Super Metroid. You know, I'll never forget the the feeling that I got when I was playing Super Metroid in the wreck ship. When you go into the wreck ship and the power's off. Yeah. And then when you turn the power back on, how everything's like, you know, different and, and alive. Um, that that that's like a cinematic moment, you know? It feels it feels like a movie. It becomes emotional. Have you had those in your you know, lifetime playing video games? Yeah, I mean I, I hate to keep coming back to Hollow Knight, but I feel like there's a bunch of really cin- cinematic moments in that game. There's a moment in Halo three that stuck with me forever um i don't really remember where it was but you come around a corner of a mountain and there's like this huge vista and you see those giant walkers down in the valley and they play the single key piano theme from the the halo theme and it's just the music cue and the way the camera's set up is just perfect and i, I really want to try and create some of that stuff i mean like the the dragon uh jump was one of the drivers of the video it was like i i love this idea in my head and i want to create it and then i'm going to build a video around it <laughs> maybe build a game around it um yeah it seems like there's a lot of opportunity for impactful cinematic stuff that's really married into the gameplay so you know you don't have to go into cinema mode and take the controls away from the player much to get that impact gris was full of cinematic stuff i mean it feels like the whole game is a cinematic experience and that music pairing is i mean i think that has the best score of any game i've ever played maybe wow oh wow that's quite a that's quite a review there. I, I, I remember the uh, um, Final Fantasy moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. In Final Fantasy VII. And that was a big moment uh, for me when uh, Sephiroth comes down. and uh, you know, I, I get I get teary-eyed when I think about it, so I can't even, <laughs> I can't even really talk about it. But if, if we could press you for an anecdote about Savior, I know it hasn't been released yet, but is there anything like that in Savior where you're going to get really emotional you're gonna get you're gonna get something pulled out of you when you play it without spoiling anything of course don't want to spoil it yeah so so what i'm i'm trying to do is is set up sort of systemic cinematic stuff um so it's it's a it's a sort of aggressively non-linear game where um you know like the your the opposing forces are driven by programmed motivations that aren't scripted so um like they'll come and destroy your town repeatedly if you let them and that experience will be a cinematic the potential for cinematic moment i'm I'm putting a lot of energy into the music and trying to 
tie the cues to the the action, but I don't really know where they're going to be because it's going to be pretty procedural. The world is handmade and not procedural, but the action is pretty procedural. Depending on how well you've fought back um, the forces that are opposing you, that your experience going forward will be different than it was last time you played or different from the next person that plays. We haven't quite pulled it off yet. (laughs) Yet. I haven't yep. really seen this in another game, so um, or at least not a side scroller. So, um, see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I just like I like the idea of things all being driven by simple logical motivations, and then if you influence that loop, then that it'll trigger something else. Then, like if you start beating up the soldiers in this one area, they'll send a scout to get reinforcements, and then that area will be reinforced the next time you come there. And then if you do it again, then they'll freak out and bring in a bunch more guys and input directly influences how the the makeup of that area is now of soldiers. And then there's like a zero sum number of soldiers. So if you take out the soldiers in this area, there'll be fewer in the next area. Kind of the thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Hopefully that's it won't. Fantastic. You won't be a ghost town <laughs> two levels <laughs> over because you've been grinding for an hour and a half in this right. <laughs> Well, that's, that's fantastic. It, it's just like a, um, cause and effect. You know, it makes you feel like you're having a real impact on the world of the game. That's great. Yeah, I think that the possibility is to make the player really feel like they are having a huge impact on the world, and then the risk is there might be all kinds of consequences that are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Like you just don't have anyone to fight or, um, or there's too many, but I want it like the player should be able to back off or engage harder or whatever, depending on what's there. So I think the the player should be able to set the, like, we're not going to have uh, difficulty settings. You, you play, you play it the way you want as difficult as you want. So you want to run into a room full of guys that are too powerful for you. That's your call. Or you can like wait and pick them off one by one. That's so yeah. that's so cool. Your, we, your fighting mechanics are really unique as well. Is that something you you were like, well, I got to put the game together now, or have you been building that up for the past ten years? Like someday these will all come together. It's not. It's not really. I mean, I'm ju- I'm just really ripping off Punch Out kind of wholesale and <laughs> throwing in some Arkham Knight or. Arkham City. What what was the good one? That's yeah, Arkham. One. I think Ark, Arkham Asylum, and then yeah, Arkham. Oh yeah. Arkham Knight's yeah. not not so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Arkham City's good because it's the free roaming thing is fun. Right, right. Yeah, we're trying to just make it feel like Punch Out to a large degree, and then um, a little bit of the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum stuff. But I ha- yeah, I haven't seen it in a in a side scroller much before yeah usually it's just like the the perfect blocking system you know you just block or perfect block and counter it's a whole new ball game i i you oh, know, yeah. we're seeing the trailer and we're seeing like the, the block the hop the jump the duck all the martial arts is really cool yeah well i have big background in martial arts strangely not like striking martial arts um but i took aikido for 10 years and oh, wow. um, there's a lot of staff stuff in that and throwing is a big thing. So uh, at some point, I want to add some throws. There's rolling and sliding, which are in the game now, but I don't think they've made it out to the web yet. I'll just post some some pictures of that, or some animations of, of that. 
because it's pretty fun. The spearmen charge you, and then you can take their legs out, and they flip flip over. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And then uh, with all that Aikido, is there any other weapons besides the bow staff? Is it is it swords, uh, a- anything else that the uh, that Sam uses in the game? Uh, swords and knives. Um, she doesn't actually use a sword or a knife ever, um, but your opponents have them. Mm. You can use a bow, though. That you get pretty early. Cool. Yeah, I'm not to go full Zelda, but it's hard not to go in that direction a little bit. Of course, of course. We've talked about influences as far as your games and influence as far as the style and things like that. Have there been any people that have influenced you? Uh, any former colleagues or uh, bosses or even people outside the gaming industry? You've, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think it's possible to go through life without being influenced um i mean a lot of my creative influences that i'm kind of cognizant of i've never met um i did meet doug chang who is a concept artist at lucas um he did a bunch of stuff on the prequels and he's worked on tons of other things there's actually a this white picture behind me is uh, one of his prints and travis cheris i think you can also see over here on the he's a comic book artist uh has worked on a bunch of stuff wow um, I've never met any of these guys, really. There was a super cool art director at uh, Dynamics named Sean Sharp, who went on to head of the art department um, uh, for Guild Wars at uh, ArenaNet. And then he, I think he was running art for Minecraft after Microsoft. He's been a big artistic influence on me. Wow. But he's not a pixel artist. He's a concept artist. And like I, I didn't grow up with come up with any pixel artists really it wasn't a thing that anybody wanted to do in the 90s and the 2000s so it was like that's old stuff and we gotta we gotta do our low poly 3d because that's the future <laughs> <laughs> right the tomb raiders and all that that's, right. that's hilarious um wow that's great and any anybody outside the industry uh, i mean is there anybody that uh, are you all? You, I love these all these art influences you have. Is there anyone that's uh, like philosophy wise or anything like that? Well, I'm a huge Trekkie, um, and <laughs> you could probably break down the story of Savior into like six different Star Trek episodes. <laughs> <laughs> which which one would you say is the is a primary one? There's, oh wait, I'm sorry. First question: Next Generation, Voyager. Uh, what? Which one? Um, I'm primarily a Next Gen guy, but I, nice. you know, I love original series. I love. I actually, Voyager is my probably third favorite series. Um, I even watch Enterprise. <laughs> nice. Um, and DS Nine's great. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny. I like. It takes me five years to accept a new star trek like right now i'm like discovery i don't know like i can't handle it. it's so different and um so there's like this it takes a while to sort of envelop it same thing with voyager same thing with enterprise like i have to watch it a few times before i um, accept it into the collective ex- yeah exactly <laughs> to try to use some board terminology the there simulation process <laughs> yeah. is a lot um well and picard came out too that was a nice nostalgic uh, piece you know it's got some of next generation in there yeah there's a lot of a lot of interesting 
pieces to that one too. We've been reaching out to more and more people as more and more people start to listen to our podcast and we were reaching out to some of these folks and, and, and letting them know that we're going to be talking to, you know, Weston Tracy or, or uh, whoever and uh, ask them to write in some questions that they might have. Uh, would you be willing to answer a few of these? I'm amazed that anyone knows who I am, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this guy is called uh, the Zergiest Morty. Okay. Uh, and he asks uh, Super Metroid or Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Which one is the best? Um, I, I can't definitively answer that. Um, and this is super embarrassing, but I haven't actually played through symphony of the night all the way. Um, <laughs> and I was a, I'm a Nintendo guy, so I got to go with Metroid. Nice. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, Castlevania fan too, but I just uh, never had a PlayStation. So, um, <laughs> Well, what about uh, uh, Castlevania? If we're just talking Nintendo and Super Nintendo, um, that that's an interesting question. My favorite one is Simon's Quest. Me too. Uh, yeah, number two. It's, yeah. it's so so good. That's um, probably my second favorite score of all time. Like the music in that is so good. <laughs> so good. It's like when it, you know it's a terrible night for a curse. I, I just I was always scared. I was literally scared. I would stay in the town. I, I was scared to venture out town wasn't safe either that's true <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> There's true nowhere to nowhere to hide in that game yeah, <clears throat> yeah uh yeah if i had a, a dream project of mine is is to uh just do a a reboot of that game like in pixel art and like fix some of the obvious issues with it and uh just give it a facelift and like add a bunch of frames to it and Made me a couple of colors and um yeah that would be a dream come true to like kind of rework that game i actually have here i don't know if you can see this but these are the three oh, uh, wow. influences <laughs> of mine <laughs> oh man that's amazing <laughs> uh for those of you who can't see that's uh he just showed us uh, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, the original uh, gold-plated Zelda uh, for Nintendo, and then, of course, the original Metroid for Nintendo as well. Um, Those three are kind of right in my field of view all day long. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm thinking Samus, Sam, the yeah. protagonist. Is, that, is there something there? Uh, the, you know what? Some connection? I feel like an idiot, but I didn't mean to make that connection until way after we named her. Um, <laughs> there, there are a couple of problems. Like I, yeah, I, d- I didn't want to tread that close to Metroid, but also our lead programmer's name is Sam. So anytime I write anything to the team, I always have to say Sam, why, or else they think <laughs> I'm talking about our. I don't know. We're still batting that around. I don't know how late in the production you can change all the characters. <laughs> Name. Right, and I, I'm a big fan of few syllables, so that was the selling point for that name. Samantha Sorry. means listener, and that's a big part of her character. So it seemed to fit. I didn't know that at the time, but um, it was a cool thing to find out. Wow, that's great! That's terrific. Homing Lander twelve twelve asks, "Will Savior have multiplayer or arena fighting?" Um, it'll have a arena but it'll all be single player 
Not, there's no plans to do multiplayer at this point. I don't think our combat system wouldn't work well with multiplayer. We might okay. be able to do something about that, but um, we're kind of up to our necks just making a single player game at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Song Me 313 asks uh, Savior looks like you spent your whole life on it. What type of. <laughs> What type of toll does that take on your personal life? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it's it's been a slog. Uh, I mean, I love getting up every morning and working on it. It's like a dream job, but um, it's an obsession. And a lot of other pieces of my personal life take a hit. During COVID, it's hard. You don't see the um, impact quite as much because everybody's kind of isolated. But uh, yeah. On the other hand, you know, I I have a lot of connections with incredible people because of this project that I get to talk. I have an excuse to talk to several times a week. Um, So there's two sides of the coin. Yeah, you have to remember to go outside and talk to three-dimensional people every once in a while. (laughs) Well, that's that's good. That's good advice. I just want to say thank you so much for for sharing some. uh, Yeah, thank you. Sharing your time and sharing your uh, uh, all your wonderful influences with us—it's really incredible. Yeah, best of luck on the podcast, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll be watching, see who else you uh, talk to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we got uh, Johnny Cage from uh, <laughs> from Mortal Kombat. We're going to be talking to what? here soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be pretty amazing. Wow. Uh, he, yeah, he signs his emails. Fight like that's his. <laughs> <laughs> that's his like sign off. It's incredible. Uh, so that's really cool. You're talking uh, about the actor from the movies? No, I'm talking about the the guy who did all the uh, oh okay recording okay. originally from wow. for he was Johnny Cage, uh, Master Daniel uh, Piscina. He used uh, original Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub Zero, and uh, Noob Sabat. Just incredible. It's wow. just like. And he was the guy who recorded all that stuff, who, who came up with the motion capture idea of the video game, the live action thing. Wow. Really something. To, to yeah, hear. that's incredible. Wow. That's quite a get. Yeah. It's a, such but, a good uh, idea to save so much time on animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but hey, we got Weston Tracy, so I'm super excited. <laughs> right. So thank you so much, Weston. We really appreciate it, man. And yeah, uh, thank you guys. It was fun. Uh, good luck. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be following, playing, uh, commenting, sharing, and uh, doing all we can to support Savior. This game is amazing. Thanks. Uh, can't wait to get it out to you. <laughs> no worries. We'll be we'll be patiently waiting. Thanks, right. Weston. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.